back down, Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spear 2000 collected episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Credo! We're finally back with the Warlock of Warlocks for some great human fight in action with a second half of Nemesis the Warlock Book 1. It's the second part of our coverage of this f- first book of Nemesis, covering the second two books and a side story. We'll start in Prague's 335 and end in 406 with the 1983-2080 annual added in. Nemesis is, of course, written by the Architect of Chaos with a K himself, Pat Mills, and the majority of the art is provided by Lord of the Pens, Kevin O'Neill, um, who shares our duties on the fourth book with relative newcomer Brian Talbot. It's all lettered by Steve Potter, and you can find the comics we're covering today in either The Complete Nemesis the Warlock Volume 1, Everything Except Book 4 in Full Color in Nemesis the Warlock Deviant Edition, or if you're a lucky duck in the glorious hardcover limited edition, Nemesis the Warlock The Early Heresies. You can find most of these either in the Rebellion web shop or your favorite bookseller. It's been way too long since our last collection episodes, especially since the most recent one did end on a cliffhanger, and the first half of Nemesis Book 1 complete, and another half to finish. So here we are again, fighting humans, bringing peace to the galaxy, or something along those lines. After the first half's rip-roaring introduction and expansion of the world of Nemesis and Torquemada, we're now starting to see full-fledged stories and intrigue break out between our protagonist and antagonist, as well as the introduction of themes and characters that will influence the story going forward. For more Nemesis info, I'd once again suggest checking out the monograph included in the Judge Dredd magazine issue 395 from April 2018, which has some excellent history, observations, and philosophizing from current 2080 editor Matt Smith. When you're reading these comics, I can't stress enough how much you should take in the amazing art by O'Neill and Talbot, the giant battles, wondrous cityscapes, and more than a few sweet robots. At the same time, Mills' whip-smart dialogue and expansion of all the characters involved can't be underestimated. One thing I do think is interesting is that the O'Neill sections of the Gothic Empire were meant to be set in the very early stages of Nemesis, though I'm not sure how they'd fit in, if I'm being honest. All these stories are great, and I always relish a chance to enjoy these early Nemesis adventures! Episode 104 Progs 334 to 337. Thrill 5, Nemesis the Warlock. This was so awesome. Super agree. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letting robot Steve Potter, Nemesis Book 3! Oh, and it's so beautiful. O'Neill is back doing yeah. what, I mean, just the Lord's work. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or the demon's work in this case. Beautiful. Yeah, so... Nemesis the Warlock, you know, he's a dog, demon, dragon, alien, resistance leader guy. But now he's chilling back on his home planet, wearing his human skin robe, playing his human face flute, as his familiar uh, Grobendock, speaking in gibberish, reminds him that uh, Chira and Magna are about to have their combat. Well, yeah, we gotta yeah, go ch- check that out. 
Shira and Magna are these two warlock-looking centaurs. One's white, one's red, and they are meeting on the field of battle. They joust, they shoot arrows at each other, and oh, it's just real awesome. Um, it's just a lot of damage and a lot of fierce combat a lot of fighting. two opponents. It's hard to, to really bring it out in words, but it's really awesome art by Kev O'Neill. This, these big landscapes and these silhouettes fighting each other and stuff. You gotta see it to admire it, man. Super agree. In the end, Chira is able to kick Magna off the side of a cliff and into lava, and Chira does that thing where she takes her helmet off and, like, has long hair and reveals herself to be a lady, and specifically Nemesis's wife! Whoa! Oh my god, she's defeated yet another challenger to his hand. Fighting for control of Nemesis, because we're, like, going backwards in here where the ladies fight for the hand of the man. That's nice. Well, and, and specifically the female species. That's right. Is well, deadlier Chira, than the male. Yeah, Chira rides off Nemesis on her back, and again, yeah, as Fox said, we get that message: the female warlock is deadlier than the male, which is a reference to a poem by Kipling. If you didn't know, Fox, I did not know that. Yeah, when the Himalayan peasant meets the he bear in his pride, he shouts to scare the monster who will often turn aside. But the she bear, thus accosted, rends the peasant. Tooth and nail, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. That's fucking great. And then it's just a big-ass poem about how, like, you know, dude animals are wusses, but female animals will mess you up. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The uh, Next up, the warlock Ashtar wanders around his house, the castle Mendes. And man... This it used to be a super cool place full of like parties and laughter and stuff. Dude, now, there was once a three-year party there, I hear. Yeah, now it's just the remains of all those parties, as well as him and his daughter Magna, who won't stop pining over Nemesis, even though Ashtar wants him to marry a nice rich husband. But nope, she wants that Nemesis. Yeah, well, he's he's a he's an accomplished warlock who's gotten his his boots and hands dirty. She's yep. not into her dad being, uh, basically wanting to sell her off for cash and given <laughs> that she's just a better warlock than him considerably. Yeah, he he can't even do magic anymore. Um, so, so Magnus determined and she knows there's one way to get rid of her rival and that's calling Galder and Torquemada. Oh my God. Yeah, not she a, lot of, a bad guy. See, I mean, they're all kind of bad. You know, there's not a lot of action in this one, I'd say, but it's more than made up by the amazing landscapes and scenes that make mm. up Castle Mendes. Kev O'Neill really drawing his butt off here. That's um, so beautiful. Absolutely. Nemesis has to leave soon to help the fate of the galaxy, but he's going to stay at least till after the hatching. We cut to this awesome warlock party full of all these oh, different God. kinds of male and female warlocks. Some got wings, some are like snakes. They look all real cool. I like the the female who's being carried by two males, and she's and just like... Super gigantic, she, and those yeah, guys are like real, like, really struggling so to move her around. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, it includes Ashtar and Magna. Uh, Chira and Magna exchange some frenemy-type banter, while Nemesis and Chira then combine their flames to hatch their gross-ass egg, and from it comes a gross-ass baby warlock. <laughs> They're going to really, call him Thoth. It's good times. It's really accurate. Wasn't Thoth his father? I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
So as they celebrate, Great Uncle ba- uh, Bao shows up, indignant about not being invited. You'll remember Uncle Bao from book one, right? That crazy old warlock yep. that did experiments with humans. He's Nemes- a huge dick. Yeah, Nemesis stole all of his magic stuff as well as Grabendonk from him. Mm-hmm. So he shows up and he embarrasses Nemesis by performing his performing his party piece, the Dance Macabre, where which is where basically just a bunch of human skeletons dance around and everybody's real grossed out by it. Shira is pissed. Yeah, man, you're ruining my hatching ceremony. It's your like uncle whenever, is super crazy. Yeah, you need un- to put him on the edge of the universe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um Nemesis prepares to go, and Chira has this awful sense of foreboding that soon she'll be joining those skeletons in death. And also, man, Thoth is real gross, dude. He's just, like, <laughs> baggy, I guess? Because, like, Nemesis is, like, all these, like, sharp lines, and, like, like he's almost, like, made out of metal or something. But Thoth just looks like he's, like, a bunch of, like, folded-together big wad of sleeping bags or something. He just he looks, looks real gross. Like- the the baby from dinosaur mixed with the Michelin man mixed with a nightmare. Well, yeah, like if you took the baby from dinosaur, then you like stretched it out to be like six feet feet long, and then like snapped back so it was all like stretched out and <laughs> gross. It's That's really disgusting. Feeling. Bug glassy bug eyes. Yeah. Next time, the Grand Master. Man, I fucking love nemesis the warlock conrad i really fucking love nemesis absolutely i love that uh so just every detail of every panel every like bit of color that they've decided to use and also every single contextual box that they add in where you're getting just rich backstory in Mm -hmm. as few words as possible it's really just beautiful yeah absolutely just a real a real feast for the senses and excellent storytelling God, yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Yeah. Episode 105, Progs 338 to 341, October and November 1983. Thrill 3, Nemesis the Warlock. So, script robot for Nemesis the Warlock, Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letting robot Steve Potter. So, Nemesis is flying out, leaving Shira and, Th- and Thoth behind as Magna makes her plans on Termite! Oh my the, god. The, because the, yeah. because Torquemada has been summoned. That's right. The evil Torquemada gives Sir Hargan the leader of the assassin of or, or, or gives Sir Hargan, leader of the assassins, a mission uh, to give him extra info. They go to a special bestiary god, deep in the scriptorium. So yeah, everybody looks cool. Scriptorium, where they draw different uh, alien races to be to be put into a an illuminated codex where they don't even depict the actual alien they make it into like an evil fucking thing so that when they give it to the masses people are afraid yeah it's there's the a, coolest fucking evil thing definitely there's a good moment where torquemada pauses to berate brother kevin for too many illuminated borders which is, seems like an in-joke to kevin to kevin, kevin o'neill. o'neill himself yeah um Someone sent me this when we took our break at December. Like, ah, oh, Brother Conrad, like, don't spend too much time on the illuminated air horns. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's great. <laughs> God, we um, haven't used a lot of air horns lately. It's lack of future shocks, man. That's the key. That's where they go. We haven't had any. We, we aren't. There's no future shocks this episode, and I don't think there was any last episode either, you know? It's really rough when we have so much good content and not enough air horn content. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, the real joke's on you, and there's no twist endings and no re- need to signal twists. <laughs> uh, anyhow, 
we see him draw yeah like like fox yeah we saw we see brother kevin drawing a sphinx who's now like really like frightened and like pretty looking kind of or i don't know like not non-threatening maybe a better word yeah sad old sphinx but he he draws it to be all like eating dudes and crazy and stuff um, in Torquemada's private bestiary, we see the entry for the female warlock, and it's homunculus. Assassins are being good. sent to kill Chira and Thoth. Time to, it, dude, they're going to destroy her and her child, Grandmaster, or die. Hey, that's how it goes. On the you're, planet. You're crazy assassin. We got to get these assassins out here, man. On the planet Demotica stands Yidrasil Castle, the great oh, donjon man. of the basilisks. It's this just is an opening for so many awesome breathtaking. It just opens with two massive pages of beautiful colored artwork. I want to say the last story, too, is also really great. There's all the inside termite yes. things. Just all these, you know, termites so ridiculous, just these, these giant caverns with statues built in them and stuff like that. Uh, Kevin O'Neill's just really doing a great job here. For the last year, though, the, the uh, Yggdrasil Castle has been under siege from the humans of termite. There's great pandemonium shooting missiles, oh. mighty robot trebuchets, and even angry robot doom engines. The basilisks know their end is near. Uh, many of these engines of destructions are ancient robots adapted for siege warfare, including the great mobile battle tower, and it's goddamn Mechquake! Big jobs! <laughs> I am a Ford engine. I am pure. Big jobs! It's a fog <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter because big jobs, dude's gonna just crush your fucking treehouse. Mm-hmm. It's another full page battle picture of a giant mechquake destroying everything in his path. Mechquake lowers his belly drawbridge to disgorge the Terminators inside, but he's too far from the castle walls, so they uh, run off the side of the drawbridge and just fall to their deaths instead as he like stomps on and stuff. So great. His feet, by the way, are giant bulldozers. That's right. Sir uh, Sir Everick, the Seneschal in charge of the siege, gets this report and is pissed at Mechquake. There's not much they can do because the art of like making and changing robot brains has largely been lost. Mechquake apologizes and Eric take and sorry and Ev- Everick takes medicine because he's da- he's got he's caught that alien fever. Gosh, and not and not the sexy kind, like the migraine kind. No, yeah, it's not getting any better, especially now that Nemesis has arrived on the battlefield. Dude, it's time to rally the fucking troops, and you know what the best way to do that is, bro? Ah, oh, buddy, it's sort sinister, but let's talk about it. Nemesis is among the basilisks, but their tree of life is dying around them. They're starving, and all seems lost, especially as Mechquake and his robot buddies breach the outer wall. Things are tough. Basilisks are dying, and when they die, they turn to stone. But Nemesis is a sign for the people. Excessius, the sword sinister! And everyone is aghast. How the fuck does this dude have the sword sinister? That's awesome. That's awesome. We are ready to just destroy the fuck out of some people. And you know what they do, Conrad? They get real rallied. Yeah, they rallies them. Death to the humans, buddy. Screw these humans. This one, again, again, like when I describe it, it's real short, but the drawing is real nice. The action's real amazing. Oh, it's just real good. Um, 
Nemesis and the Basilisks fight back against the humans and things are going well. The Terminators fall back as the Vestal Vampires yell at them, calling them like chickens and stuff. Um, plus, so great. And they're only really going to tend you. I mean, yeah, they promise to bring you back to life if you die, basically. Not in the head kind of thing. No, it's, uh, it's, they won't bring back anybody with an arrow in their back as opposed to an arrow in their front. Right, so no one who flees from the battle. Ah, yeah. yeah. But as Nemesis fights, and that includes like flying into the battle, standing oh, atop just a spear that's been thrown, balancing Which, on his hooves and stuff. Just fucking cool. Real cool. The human resolve weakens and they run. But there's still the siege engines to take care of, including Mechquake, a trebuchet, and a fire engine turned fire razor. And, of course, the giant imperial field robot, Torque Armada! (laughs) Dude, it is so huge and so spiky and so... Just a giant Torque Armada head, too. It really is. Just beautiful. He grinds toward the basilisk's walls. Be pure. Be vigilant. Behave. Next time, cleanse and purify. So I, I think Conrad kind of said it best. Like, you know, we're not, words can't truly describe what O'Neill's done with this artwork. It is um, absolute rapture and beauty on each page where it, especially in the color pages where things truly come alive like uh in uh like 341 we get a lot of red clashing yeah. because it's we're in intri- battle yeah. but but 340 we're getting like a a green red contrast where it's like this or or maybe it was 339 where it's this but like yeah. tree of life versus versus like death machines yeah you know? O'Neill's doing interesting stuff with color here because it's not really like colored in the way you'd normally think. It's a lot of like block no. colors. Like the whole thing, the whole page will be red. The whole page will be yellow, basically. The whole page will be green or something. Um, he's been doing this like from the start and it's an interesting way to color that's very like evocative or just sort of gives you like a, a sense Contrast. of things. Yeah. Without being like super complicated and stuff. And I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to handle it, I think, and, and it does well, I think make it very these pages much draws very... on comics, right? Yeah, like and we're ta- it... we're always talking about black and white, mm-hmm. especially for the 2000 AD. Yeah, it definitely yeah. makes these pages very arresting for sure. I just it it's so hard to truly describe what Nemesis does visually, and then reinforces with storytelling, and then reinforces again with just giving way to things this is why when i when i see uh like good goddamn lettering good lettering doesn't just like write big jobs across an entire (laughs) piece of art it uses the upper right hand corner uh because this person like in in this case when we're talking about big jobs we're talking about potter right Mm -hmm. like potter isn't writing big jobs across the entire image He's giving right. it, to, he's giving the image emphasize. space to space to, exactly. to breathe. Exactly, exactly. Like there's there's a thing to be said about size and about what you're bolding and things like that. Like the whole for sure goddamn thing is just so goddamn beautiful, Conrad. Definitely, it's, and it's the middle of the goddamn comic book. Episode one hundred and six. 
Progs 342-345, November and December 1983. Thrill 3, Nemesis the Warlock. Death to the Deviants. Yeah. Skifter about Pat Mills, Art Robot Kevin O'Neill, Letting Robot Steve Potter. So this issue starts with a giant double-page spread of huge murder bot Torca Armada. Do you know, Conrad, what I like more than nipple guns? Is it kneecap guns? Dude, you fucking nailed it. Is it giant robot cod pieces? Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> just the whole thing. Just, it's this huge double, you know, it's a double, you, you turn your comic sideways to get this full page, this full page picture of a uh, Torca Armada just in a, uh, in an orgy of giant robots doing stuff that we haven't seen since the days of George and ABC Warriors, where we had Dude, that as well. His feet are made out of giant boats with stone rollers at the bottom. I can't stress enough that he's got kneecap guns and sailing ship rollerblade feet. Um, <laughs> And inside the bot, we actually see that there's hundreds of humans toiling away, like turning the cap stands to turn those wheels, doing all kinds of stuff. They're just, they're just like a whole bunch of tiny, like a bunch of tiny ants in a, on a huge dude that's covered in ants, you know? <laughs> it's, it is amazing because they, they lost the robot technology. So now they just, have a cadre like over like a couple hundred ripped dudes just uh yeah they gotta make up make up for the robot parts they can't make anymore (laughs) the 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 monstrous machine slaps into the donjon of the basilisks and nemesis is forced to consult his ancient spell book he summons a giant wind and it knocks Torca Armada's arm into the head of a nearby Mechquake and Mechquake is pissed. This is a classic, uh, pro wrestling kind of distraction where you force a team, uh, an uneasy tag team, like one never a tag team to like punch some, punch another guy. And, and then they, they turn on each other. It's basically every Kane Undertaker story for the last 30 years. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous and just to note that when he does his special wind powers uh right prior to this they make a fart joke oh, which i i appreciate not not to always a gotta joke. yeah gotta do those fart jokes buddy um <laughs> the robots fight amongst each other to the point that their human retreat is sounded um again you know just the termites have very little knowledge of how robots work so when they miss so when they malfunction like this they just have to let them fight it out basically um, they do a whole, like, Three Stooges routine on each other. It's just full-on robot fighting as a Sinichel Everick looks on in despair. They pass the rope, the Firebot Fire Razor, and Torque Armada is set on fire! And he's just exploding. Like, it's two massive panels of just him in a burning inferno, people yep. falling out on fire, Every, yeah, and then abandoning just ships. Of his face. Of, yeah. of his face just exploding, and all these like, people flying everywhere. Yeah, all the people, well, all the people inside of him start abandoning the robot, and that means that he starts losing control of himself, you know, because there aren't the people uh, running it and stuff. It's so fucking great. It's real awesome, yeah. Um, and so because of this, uh, yeah, the humans retreat, all is lost! But big as they jobs, big jobs. <laughs> as they do this, it seems that the wind also caused uh, the remains of the sacred symbol of the basilisks, Fangnar, to fall over. So and the basilisks also say, "Say all is lost." So yeah, man, Nemesis is having a bad day, Fox. Um, 
Yeah, the, sometimes sorcery just doesn't work the way you want it to, you know what I mean? No, the basilisks are succumbing to the Grey Death and turning to stone. And meanwhile, Sir Everick is also having a bad day as the guy who's in charge of the ro- of the um, siege robots, Brother Hieronymus and Mechquake, are becoming increasingly disobedient. And his <laughs> Everick's son is starting to have second thoughts about uh, the whole aliens are actually monsters that must be killed thing. I mean, look at this. Look at this book. It's got a, got an alien who uses his giant foot as an umbrella. How bad could they be? <laughs> um, oh, that's so great. Everett nips this in the bud, though, because he's not going to have a son who's some alien-loving weirdo. <laughs> Back... <laughs> <laughs> really wonderful. <laughs> Pretty good. Back at the Great Tree, Nemesis sees a uh, visits a human prisoner, one of the very few, because the Basilisks find humans so revolting they take very few prisoners. And he forces, yeah, and he forces her to tell her everything about Sir Everick, and that lets him form a plan. Mm. Yeah. What kind of dastardly thoughts does he have, Conrad? Sir Everick sleeps uneasily in his awesome alien skin-themed oh. bedroom. He's it just is. got, got alien, so alien skin rugs and alien skin bed sheets, a big alien mouth like chair, chair and stuff. Yeah, I gotta say, I would. Great. The tongue is like your rolling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not sleep under covers that had a face on it. That freaks me out. Oh. There, there are two things that I loved about this. The first is the giant plaque above his bed that says, am I pure? That's the good. The second is that in the bottom right corner, there is an hourglass, but instead of sand, it's dripping blood. That's awesome, too. Yeah, so anyway, in this bedroom, he is visited by Nemesis. Oh, Nemesis offers Nemesis bed stocking time. That's right. Yeah, he's gonna make Everett Everett a deal. He'll make him brave, rich, young, and handsome. All he's got to do is call off the siege, and as a gesture of good faith, he'll do the first two right now. Have some gold, dude. It's uh, it's pretty great because like before this, because he was he was like trying to convince him for a moment, and then Everett just completely shuts down and starts just bitching about his job and like all this other stuff and nemesis <laughs> is just there like oh yeah man oh that's so unreasonable so not fair and like one of the shots he's eye dropping like eye drops into his eye and stuff like that while he's responding to him it's <laughs> real great him just yeah. being dismissive yeah he doesn't listener. care he's got this plan um so <laughs> Everick eagerly signs on the dotted line of Nemesis's obviously infernal contract. Um, Everick steps out and tells Brother Hieronymus that the invasion's off. They're heading back to Termite. Screw this, man. I'm going to go yell at Torquemada. He can't boss me around. I don't care. Pick up your robots and let's head out. Let's go. Um, so great. As he's looking he does, young too. Oh yeah, he's getting younger, looking real rich, being real brave. As Nemesis chuckles, as he does this, Nemesis chuckles to himself in his evil way. Next time on Nemesis, big jobs. Some tells me things are not over with. Should be good. Yeah, man. Uh, always fun with Nemesis doing some magic stuff. Real awesome robot fighting in here. Like I, it's you know, it's hard to just. I don't. I don't really like doing just like a blow by blow. Of like what each individual move of the robot fight is, but sure. um, the showdown, be- but like the fight between like Mechquake and Torque Armada is real awesome. If you just like big robots crap hitting the crap out of each other, you know, man, it's great. It's like it's so fucking beautiful. Like 
just all of Nemesis is beautiful to look at. Yeah, as always, it's, you know. It's really hard not to just get distracted. <laughs> Story's funny. Like yeah. it's it's got like this this humorous element while also being just completely over the top. God, yeah. I love Nemesis. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like in this in this section just the jumps between Nemesis and Everett and how they're both sort of having problems running their respective military organizations. You know exactly. Episode one hundred and seven, Progs three hundred and forty six to three hundred and forty nine, December nineteen eighty three. Thrill three, Nemesis the Warlock. Oh man, Mechquake is doing still some big jobs. <laughs> Always. Scripted by Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letter about Steve Potter. So a Mechquake who I'm now noticing actually has a funny cat face kind of thing going on. <laughs> I just always imagine him speaking like a small child. Like I mean, in a small child's voice. Ca- canonically, I think uh, Pat Mills has said that he sounds like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Um but I like the ch- the small child voice is all- child voice is also fun. I think like big jobs. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, Mechquake is breaking up the wrecks of like robots and other technology as the humans prepare to leave the planet so that uh, the aliens can't learn their secrets. Yeah, he pauses to ask the dying body of Torque Armada if he's seen these droids. And- yeah, and he's got a. A rather large picture of, of Rojas and Hammerstein. I was going to say that too. Yeah, it's a photo robot of Rojas and Hammerstein, which based on the size of Mechquake's hand, that picture must be the size of like a small town. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's like, real big. Yeah. But How anyhow, did he commission yeah. that? You know, he probably just, whatever, it's part of his payment or something. But man, after all these years, Mechquake still wants to destroy those two. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, and then tur- surprise turn of events, someone's seen Rojas, specifically the head of Torque Armada. Yeah, Torque Armada has, does remember Rojas and says he's a real jerk. And, you know, all this stuff, this is just kind of a brief, this is like the, uh, like whatever, the uh, Nick Fury at the end of the Avengers. <laughs> or like, you know, uh, yeah. like little teaser thing for the return of, Ro- of Rojas, Hammerstein, and perhaps some other alphabetical robots uh, in, a, in the next Nemesis chapter. Um, anyhow, <laughs> Mechquake gets aboard the ship as the humans head out. Brother Hieronymus questions the actions of Sir Everick, but Sir Everick ain't care, you know. And we'll remember that last episode, Nemesis promised him wealth, bravery, and to be young and handsome. He's got the first two. Yeah. And as soon as he's off planet, he's going to get totally handsome. And young. Back on Termite, the, like, terrifying, ghostly form of Torquemada. He's like... Oh, kind of yeah, like a it's dude, like super creepy, gross body horror. Yeah, like a, like like take like a, a a melted skeleton and just pull it out in weird areas to make it look all all weird, and then just a lot more tentacles than you kind of like on a human body. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's really gross, really sharp claws and like yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, he said so. Torquemada wants answers, and Hieronymus says that Everk has gone through some changes. Which we see when he shows up with a gross giant head. Yeah, on like a weird, gross, long neck and his like a normal human body. His head's so big he's got to carry it with both hands like a basketball or something. Um, although so gross. bigger than a basketball, like I don't know, like a, yeah, like a, a world's strongest man kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's transformed into a young male uh, catalopus, which mm. is a bull monster from Roman myth. And an alien. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you'll kill some in D&D every now and then. 
Um, but yeah. Nemesis says that the Catalopus is one of the most handsome creatures in all the galaxy. So he's kept his promise in a certain sort of, you know, demonic genie kind of way. <laughs> I mean, like, this is why you don't sign a deal with uh, kind of the devil, right? Or at like, least you're you not sign, get 100%. Yeah. Or at least sign a deal with specifics, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sir Everick is a crazy monster guy, but he's not afraid of Torquemada, though he probably should be because he's a monster guy. He's taken yeah. away and he's put into a motor pillory right next to Brother Gogol from Nemesis Book 1. All right, callback. Dude, and I guess they're just carted around the city where people poke yeah. him and throw shit at him. Yeah, as a warning not to truck with aliens, you know? They are deviants most foul. That's right. So things seem to be going bad for Torquemada today. But, oh, sorry, the plan for Chira is still underway. Back at a Yggdrasil castle, everyone's toasting Nemesis. The human siege machines are melted down and forged into a giant Nemesis statue. Seems, you know, I mean, I guess you could just do that. You could also use it for anything else, right? Oh, I nah. guess they live off of the tree and the tree prevents yeah, everything. Yeah, they got their own natural society. stuff. They don't need that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like the guys from uh, from Avatar. They got the tree. They don't need uh, human technology. Yep, there we go. And freaking whatever. Anyhow, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they can it's... all they can all stick a vine in the back of their head and and have a giant spirit orgy. Yeah, that's right. Um, everyone's got uh. everyone's got USBs built into their heads. Anyhow, um, <laughs> it seems like Nemesis has better things to do though, because back on the planet uh, Gandharva, which is a, a, a name of a Hindu text, actually, which I thought was kind of interesting. But oh, anyhow, um, Torquemada's assassins have found Chira and Toth. Get the net. Um, <laughs> which I. <laughs> The, what's the first thing you do as assassins? I guess not, like, try to pick her off from a distance or anything like that. No, you just come right in with the net, bro. I love nets. It's my, I love, net gun's my, my favorite weapon. But, um, real good. under attack, Chira breaks free from the net and hides Thoth under a rock. But she knows she will not survive. So she transfers her mystic force to the gross baby warlock and gives him the power! As she dons her armor to go fight to the death. With her cool armor on, Chira goes to face the assassins. There's a full page that's just a single image. Solid red as the assassins fight Chira. And she proves that the female warlock is the deadliest of creatures. More savage than the male. There's just... Just Carnage. A, a ton of carnage is amazing pictures of centaur versus human battles as little thoth looks on his gross eyes welling with tears <laughs> this fight- disgusting mouth with tons of weird gross gooey it's the saddest sticky, yeah. baggy gross monster the fight rages on but with most of the humans dead the master of the assassins leaps onto chira's back killing the hell spawn Chira, no! Chira cries for Nemesis as the assassins take her life. So bad, man. You don't just kill Bambi's mom in front of Bambi, dog. I mean, I think you do, actually. But maybe if Nemesis spent less time partying and more time being there for his wife and child. That's what I'm saying, Nemesis. I I think he might be learning a lesson when he comes back. More like Nemesis, the deadbeat, the deadbeat warlock. Um, oh, <laughs> shots fired. True statement. Any, 
Anyhow, there's two assassins left, and one of them dies instantly on contact with Cheer's acid-like blood as he gives Sir uh, it, Hargan. Like, oh yeah, like it doesn't he just burn him into the ground. It turns him into like uh, that that dude at the end of Time Cop, basically, <laughs> like just a, oh, wow. just a big big flesh mass. But Hargan takes the ring. All that remains is to kill the hum- the homunculus Thoth, Nemesis's son. But as the assassin reaches for the beast, Thoth uses his magic eye beams to make Hargan see him as a human baby. Yep, a big round Michelin baby. That's right. How is Babby formed? Warlock eye beams. As, <laughs> <laughs> as the assassin, uh, so um. Later, at Termite, Hargan gives Torquemada Chira's ring and then returns to his home and gives Thoth to his wife. It's a human baby! The child they've always wanted! Now he's going to get raised Superman style! <laughs> and uh, and the whole time, in the text boxes, it's just like, oh, he's going to kill all these people. Oh, yeah. All the humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Thoth, oh, good. Yeah, Thoth is now hiding in the heart of Termite, waiting to get his revenge on humanity! It's going to be real awesome. Yeah. The end of book three of Nemesis the Warlock. Oh, my God. Kev O'Neill, put all of your drawing implementations down and hibernate for a while. <laughs> it actually says that in the uh, in the uh, nerve center for Prog 349. He's like, powering down for a bit. Like, he's just barely survived. Yeah, because there, were, there, were, there weren't even any breaks in that one. It was straight through, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nemesis will return in fall of 1984 for Nemesis Jesus. Book Four: The Gothic Empire. Away. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it is pretty far away, but oh man, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. I'm, I just I love I love Nemesis so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this development of their like of their culture that you get a chance with. Yeah, right? yeah, that's been the because cool thing you, about this you go book. To, like, yeah. their party. Uh, where his uncle just like makes a bunch of dead skeletons rock around and shit. It's right. great. But yeah, but yeah, seeing all the all the warlocks in this book was really neat. Of just sort of like this society of a of a demon dog dragons is real awesome. There's a little bit more stuff like with the uh, just sort of the politics of termite as well, which we we've always had, I think. But I feel like it's always just just good to check in on. Um, I wish there was more to- uh, Torquemada this one. I think there'll be more of him in the future. Um, I just kind of like Torquemada being all evil and stuff. Well, it's um, because he's a fucking badass evil dude. That's right. Um, yeah, but otherwise, just great stuff, great fight scenes, great art in general, um, great giant robots. I love Mechquake coming back. That's so amazing. The hints of uh, the Robusters and the ABC Warriors coming back as well is also really amazing. Um, I'm just so stoked for Nemesis to come back, and I just love this story. It's one of my favorite, great, great favorite thrills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, especially this era, like, you know, yeah, I'm real, Nemesis is still real top. It's something I really look forward to every time we get to talk about it, for sure. Such a beautiful comic book. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. Enough gushing. Episode 121. Progs 387 to 390. October and November 1984. Thrill One, Nemesis the Warlock. Oh, man. Just a bunch of blimps blown up. It's going to be great. That's right. Yeah, script robot Pat Mills, art robots Kev- Kevin O'Neill and Brian Talbot, letting robot Steve Potter. 
I so, love how uh, they send messages between planets, by totally. the way. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we start with the Terminators, that evil military force of Torquemada from uh, future Earth of Termite, attacking the Gothic Empire on the planet uh, Mifking. The, uh, so the Goths, Fockers, are, the, the Goths are this chameleon race that heard early human radio waves and now emulate early 20th century England, sort of like a steampunk galaxy quest, is how I would describe it. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, Mave King was this town in South Africa where a major siege during, like, the Boer War took place. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's sort of got a thing. Anyhow, as it, as Miff King falls, General Cornwallis sends a message to London via cannon, which is pretty awesome. It's fucking great. Like, it's a, presumably, it's just this message cannon, um, designed to go super fast. It's just sort of always homed in on this one spaceport in the goth, uh, capital of London. Then the message is picked up by, like, some sort of, uh, air velocipede. And <laughs> Taken to the uh, the military leader of the Gothic Empire, the Ion Duke, which is surely a reference Red to the name. Yeah, totally. It's a reference to the Iron Duke, aka Duke Wellington, the dude who mm. defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. So, uh, you know, he's like very much leading a life of leisure, like hunting and all that stuff. Um, he's like about to do some skeet shooting with Nemesis's familiar uh, Grabendock. <sighs> Not great for, for old Grabby. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we, and when he hears about uh, Maeve King, he is, is sure it's an, a misunderstanding because goths also hate aliens, as you can tell by this wall of trophy heads that he has. And yeah, they're all gross trophy heads, but you know, the termites hate all aliens of all kinds, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you're just getting into the bed with the wrong kind of people. Absolutely. So we see Nemesis flying into London as the Duke, like, puts on this, like, heavy diving bell kind of suit to, like, go to fight some, like, uh, uh, space, space eels, basically, with a cool harpoon. It's, like, it's weird. It's just, like, okay, now it's time for my, like, afternoon get in the water and, like, spear a fish yeah i mean he's like a rich guy so he can sort of like you know he's got like hunting facilities on on site you know <laughs> i guess it's just so bizarre absolutely um and while he's in there he can't hear anything so we see that his daughter and his trusted aide star blower uh which is a reference to horatio hornblower like you know uh english like a uh, sailing mm. guy and yeah um but they're both, like, begging him to ask Nemesis for assistance. And because the Ion Duke is so proud, he won't take their advice. And that's intentional because they're actually working for Torquemada to keep, you know, to, like, um, let the Goths be uh, captured. And then, you know, Torquemada will make them the le the leaders of the Gothic Empire after yeah, he's conquered it, basically. I'm sure that'll totally work out in their favor. I mean, this sort of thing has never backfired on anybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not an obvious, like, uh, trap and Torquemada can't be trusted, you know. But anyhow. <laughs> I guess let's just uh, bring him, like, a weird peasant girl for unknown reasons. Yeah. Nemesis. Or, or, or So we see um, Grabendock braving the crazy streets of London to find Nemesis. And the two traitors are heading to Whitechapel with a servant girl. Oh, that's where the phantom murders are happening. Um, and no. they enter it's the like smoke. like the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. I mean, Whitechapel's literally where the Ripper murders took place and stuff. Mm. Um, there's a phantom. Yeah, there's phantom murders all over the place. We see the smoky streets and a distinctive shadow appearing on the walls. 
<laughs> oh, it's definitely Torquemada. 100% Torquemada. So next frog, we open with a really amazing city, uh, steampunk cityscape. I mm. love it. As Nemesis flies into London, at last landing at the majestic airport hotel. He's so stately as he gets out of like the Blitzspear in this, awesome. yeah, in this like big cloak with like a big like leather mantle on top of it and stuff. It looks so cool. <laughs> it looks pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, clearly dressed to impress. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, so much of Nemesis, especially when O'Neill draws him, is just the uh, like the sharp lines that he has and stuff. Mm. And so he really draws him um, when when O'Neill draws him in like these suits. He really like accentuates that even further um yeah and so the hotel management assi- manager assigns him a valet and nemesis books a meeting with the iron duke in his hotel room nemesis prepares for a more diplomatic kind of war we see him taking a shower and getting ready whereas why fronts as the brits call him or briefs as we call him here in america oh yeah <laughs> he's a briefs guy yeah and we meet his valet and it's rojas ah! <laughs> what the nerk Watcher Humes. Yeah. Thousands of years in the future, he's still around cleaning out the kludgies and stuff. Oh, <laughs> man, it's great. Right now, he's just bringing in some, I guess, just piping hot coal. Yeah, well, you know, because he's, like, he's been assigned to basically, like, just do, like, domestic stuff for Nemesis while he's at the hotel, essentially. Um, yeah, he, like, he's been working his wheels off and he complains a little bit, but Nemesis is too tired to listen. He promptly falls asleep in this big, like, torture chamber bed that he's got. <laughs> Likes to sleep on a bed of spikes and, like, a giant metal grate. It's weird. It's cool, man. He's a demon. That's how it goes. Um, we, yeah, and we see Grob and Doc, like, mo- escaping the various shoes of London. There's, like, a pogo shoes, a bunch of steam-powered <laughs> roller skates and stuff. There's one... There's little blimp shoes. Yeah, there's well, like, what's funny is that the blimp shoes have some other pairs of shoes behind them. And so at first, I thought that those were shoes that had their own pairs of shoes, which is even better. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> I was, like, so confused. It's real good. Um, but yeah, he finally, Grabendog finally arrives at the Blitz Spear and gets picked up by Rojaws. We see Nemesis at, like, the hotel restaurant eating from this, like, bondage feed bag, basically. As, it's um, pretty... Pretty great. Pretty pretty good, yeah. As um as Rojas comes in with with Grab and Doc, the ma- the manager like objects to this, and Nemesis like reprimands him so hard that his soul leaves his body, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, it's fucking terrifying, <laughs> it's man. Good. You know, you can't forget that he's this crazy warlock guy. You know. Um, and don't fuck with my goddamn familiar. That's right. Nemesis learns of Torquemada's involvement in these recent phantom murders, and it's time to pay him a visit. Well, time to give Torquemada another spanking yet again. Yeah, and more importantly, to change art to change artist for the story. Um, Brian what up, Talbot. Brian Talbot. Yeah, he takes over here. Um, like so many 2080 artists, um, Kevin O'Neill is off to America to draw comics for DC. No, though he'll be back. A little, he'll be back much more than say Gibbons or Bolland was. He'll have a bunch of stuff in the four hundreds, including the just like high grade insanity of this story, Metal Zoic, which like whoa, that's huh. gonna blow your brain out. You'll eat your own Brian okay. when you check it out. Um, with <laughs> with with DC. 
He'll draw. He'll he'll do a bunch of stuff. I'd say his most his most noteworthy thing at DC was this story for um, the Green Lantern Corps Annual, which um, Green Lantern Corps Annual Two, where he basically drew this story written by Alan Moore that would sort of echo through the ages of the Green Lantern stories, like probably being sort of the basis of the uh, of the of the Blackest Night, like uh, multi I think multi year like <laughs> Green Lantern events and stuff, and also. Oh, wow. Also, that story was so, like, like it just featured this, like, planet full, like, gross dudes. Like, you know, you've seen Kevin O'Neill draw gross aliens and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, it was just a planet of those guys, like, mind-bendingly gross. So gross that the American Comics Comics Code Authority said, like, now we're banning this. This is too gross. Like, why? What's what's up? It's like, it's just disturbing. I don't like it. And so, they... Wow. (laughs) So, DC actually published it without the Comics Code, one of the first times they'd ever done that. Huh. Um, yeah, and then, um, you know, Talbot also, we've seen Talbot before in 2000 AD. He drew that Alan Moore future shock about the, uh, the mail order school for supervillains. Um, oh, yeah. He's going to be drawing the next, I think, like this one and then three more books of Nemesis, I believe. Um, and then he'll go on to work to do stuff also in America for like Hellblazer and a couple series of Sandman as well. Like, oh, cool. I like Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, Neil Gaiman's involvement, of course, with 2000 AD is why um, our buddy Eamon at the Mega City Book Club covered uh, A Game of You, for instance, because he did some art for that. Um, oh, cool. And like World's End, a couple other um, uh, Sandman stories. Man, um, really is just the... That the pedigree, buddy. This. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow... Um, when this story starts, Tharg sort of says in a previous page that, um, the first two parts of this story by, by O'Neill, by, by Kevin O'Neill were done right after the initial Nemesis stories, like, um, uh, Killer Watt and, uh, Terror Tube in, in 1980, yeah. but I'm, I'm skeptical about this, I gotta say. Um, yeah. it feels pretty modern in terms of Kevin O'Neill's art that I've seen, and also, um... Like I don't feel like it was mind-bendingly detailed. It was yeah. beautiful. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, there's no there's no illuminated borders the way w- which mm-hmm. he was doing for later Nemesis things and earlier Nemesis things. Like all the Nemesis stuff around this were where it would have been. Um, and also like there's just no good explanation for why like to get you from um, Killer Watt to I guess this new version of of Torquemada. Um, yeah. Anyhow, um, but yeah, so with Talbot, we're also sort of, we're we're getting a good view of the two ways that sort of comics and art sort of interpret uh, late 19th, early 20th century uh, sci-fi England, which is either as steampunk or as like ultra gothic, which is what we've moved to here. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Misty streets and like uh, lampposts. Yeah, very dark, like ink-based drawings and stuff like that. This is some of the darkest stuff we've seen since like Mike Dory's uh, Mach Zero stuff if you ask me strong agree just in terms of like the amount of like ink on the page you know what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly stories. um but so yeah um we we're here in night chapel we see a bandaged like corkum like a heavy coat and stuff as he prepares to eat this servant girl kitty from the first prog locks Which, <laughs> yeah i don't know what that means I think it's like Lord or something like that. But yeah, he drains her soul with this weird, evil, like sci-fi needle thing. And both he and the traitors and Nemesis, though he's much further away, but still with the same destination, head for the Eagle Tavern. Uh, which I guess, like, why would you take him to a public place? Like, why not just like, when you're rich, just oh, buy a house down there? 
I think they're trying to be inconspicuous. I don't know. It does. It's it's not how it works out, of course. Um, no. <laughs> at this bar, it's pretty raucous, and Torquemada is super disgusted by all these aliens pretending to be human. As the traders explain, they're members of like the Hellfire Club, which is just sort of you know, like man, if you're like plotting something in England, you're usually in the Hellfire Club. That's what you call your group. You know what I mean? Really. I mean, it's happened a bunch of times, I guess. You know, you can look it up on, on Wikipedia. I did, and it's kind of complicated. Of course, for me, huh. the Hellfire Club is always from X-Men, where it's a bunch of dudes in, like, sort of Regency-era, uh, like, where all the men wear kind of Regency-era cravat, like, uh, fancy clothes. The ladies okay. the, uh, the, the the ladies all wear uh, dominatrix gear, and they're oh. very interested in Jean Grey doing specific things. <laughs> Uh, is that it? Are they very interested in her doing like BDSM and then dress up things? I mean, they do dress, they do like kind of brainwash her and she dresses up in these, yeah, like just sort of the like, you know, like, like a leather teddy and fishnets and high boots. And then all of her, all of her X Men friends get tied up and stuff like that put in a power nullification collars and only Wolverine moving through the sewers fighting everybody can do it. Yeah, man, Dark Phoenix Saga. This is like the X-Men story. It's in there. <laughs> Alright, like, man. I'm, I'm telling the truth. And it hap- and, and it continues on. They all got like uh, like a card names and stuff. And yeah, you know, just good like... Yeah, it's just real funny how like the uh, the guys all wear like these like suits with cravats and the ladies all wear like cloaks and like uh, leather one-piece swimsuits and stuff. Um, <laughs> anyhow... <laughs> Anyhow, Fox. Jeez, Fuck. good lord. Um, they're in, these traders are in the Hellfire Club. They're going to overthrow the current regime because they're tired of them of copying Earth from the early twentieth century. They want to copy Earth from the late twentieth century. All right, it's a big difference. They want to wear their David Bowies and shit. Finally. Meanwhile, uh, we see uh, that there's a news report that war has been declared between Goths and Termites. Um, we see a brutal space war being fought by the goths, like, uh, stopped with space fighters and stuff. They got, like, dreadnoughts and all this kind of old-timey, like, you know, again, very kind of galaxy quest. Like, we've taken, like, World War I weapons and sort of turned them into space weapons, basically. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's, yeah, I, I think it's neat, but, you know, it's definitely not going to win them the battle. Yeah. So, uh, to- no. Torquemada is incensed when the Goths sing a version of Rule Britannia, which I think is pretty neat. It's all goth alien themed, you know, Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the stars, that kind of stuff. Dude, (laughs) our empire shall stretch from here to Mars. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Good. So a a very Lord Kitchener looking alien, like with the big mustache from the English version of the I Want You poster, um, like toasts the queen and uh, calls for the death of Torquemada and Torquemada shoots him in the back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then just continues to shoot fucking everybody. Yeah, in there. pulls out a machine pistol, guns everybody in the tavern down. It's real bad. But finally, Nemesis arrives. Ooh, it's the showdown. Oh, man, I'm going to take you out, Nemesis, with my gun. Or at least, you know, the first showdown to show that everything's serious. Then we can have the, late, the, the big showdown later. You know what I mean. Um, yeah, man, you got you to gotta have your pre-boss uh, fights that you can amp up for it later. Do some grinding. Yeah, well, you got to lose in Act 1 so you can win in Act 3, man. That's like what we call just how movies work, or stories, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so the Gothic space fleet is easily destroyed by Terminator ships. 
as Torquemada and Nemesis Showdown once more, Rojas runs in with his like shovel hand to block a bullet that that, that uh, Torquemada shoots at Nemesis, and then mm. Nemesis opens up with his dragon's breath. Ooh, it's neat. Yeah. Gets, he gets real effed. It's just a running ball of fire at this point. Absolutely. Uh, Starblower comes in and confronts Nemesis to allow Torquemada to escape. And Nemesis probes his mind, seeing all the late 20th century things he longs to bring to life in the Gothic Empire. Like, there's definitely <laughs> definitely David Bowie. Um, I see Groucho Marx. Like, there's a, there's a jukebox. There's a bunch of all other, other stuff. I see uh, Nixon's hiding in there. Whatever. Wow. <laughs> But um and and uh it's funny because Nemesis is like, gee, you want to overthrow just to ape humans in a different way? Like God, they're like their their cultural invasion is a plague as much as anything else. Which I think is pretty neat, actually. Yeah. Um like it's this it's this um, idea of yeah, of like invaders coming not just to physically invade, but also like, you know, in like re- replacing a native culture with their sort of like, you know, more high-tuned things or something like that. Um, anyhow, <laughs> the, uh, um, burning away Torquemada desperately transfers to a new host body and escapes. The law arrives and Nemesis is accused of being the phantom murderer. What the F? Come on, uh, man. He just got in town, buddy. Uh, so he's brought, he's brought to the station house as the traitors, um, escape on a, on a, on like a space handsome cab. Um, <laughs> They finally talk about what the what their plan's gonna be, which is that a Terminator hit squad will kill the Queen Victoria, and the young Goths of the Hellfire Club will take over. Um, the uh, Goths, however, are feel, starting to get a little nervous about you know <laughs> Torquemada's obvious plans to uh, betray them and stuff, but he gives them his word. <laughs> you know, and you can really trust a guy who's like flesh is melting off of his face. Yeah, from his newly re, re, uh, re, newly acquired body that's already being destroyed by his presence. <laughs> really, just you know, I put a lot of faith in in someone who looks like uh, the fucking monster mash. Totally. Yeah. Next time, Hammerstein's return. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm so stoked that the ABC Warriors are coming back to Nemesis. I'm stoked. I'm always, as always, I'm stoked that Nemesis is back. Um, I'm excited about Talbot doing the art. I think it's real fun. Sad to see O'Neill go, of course. Um, mm. But this should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. Man, I'm just so happy about ABC Warriors. I hope everybody is everybody coming back. Is Joe Pineapple's coming back. I don't want to like give it away, but yeah, listen. All your favorites will be there. Um, oh my God! Kisses and hugs. I'm really excited. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so good. Episode 122, Progs 391 to 394, November and December 1984. Thrill two, Nemesis the Warlock. Oh, he's um, so beautiful with his cane and his cool cape. Yeah, it's real cool looking. Uh, so script robot Pat Mills, art robot Brian Talbot, lighting robot Steve Potter. So, uh, when we last left Nemesis, he'd been accused of the phantom murders actually perpetrated by Torquemada and was sort of having to deal with the cops, basically, as Torquemada escaped. Um, so, um, the cops are trying to take a Nemesis, but it's no dice. He, like, levitates up and starts attacking him and makes his escape, basically. <laughs> with, and uh, 
you know, how the fuck do you get out of that sort of situation, Conrad? I mean, as a 2000 AD protagonist, and especially one accompanied by Rojas, he makes his escape into the sewers, naturally. <laughs> There's only one way to get out of anything, and that's sewer level. Always, man. yeah. So while he's down there, though, he reads the minds of the Hellfire Club members and realizes their plans, which is to kill Queen Victoria. We gotta go. What? Don't kill Queen Victoria. She's so cool looking yeah. at me. Yeah, well, she's very nice. It's, it's very much the uh, the young queen version of Victoria and stuff. Yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, very nice. So as they head out to try to save the queen, Rojas wonders about his old buddy Hammerstein. What's he up to? Hey, let's find out. Um, <laughs> oh, it's pretty fucking horrible if I, yeah. if I have to weigh in on that. Agreed, yeah. So on the planet uh, Lucknow, which is a major Indian city, and the seat of the uh, English East India Company, like back in the day. Mm. Um, we find Hammerstein leading a squad of ABC warriors against the infectious disease weapons of the Goths. Oh my god, they don't care, they're robots! Well, yeah, I mean, you know, surviving the disease weapons is the, uh, the B part of the ABC warrior, right? Oh, that's <laughs> actually true. Yeah, I like always the, uh, forget that ABC Warriors means uh, things. Uh, yeah, atomic, biological, and chemical. So yeah. diseases, I'd imagine, would be biological. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> you got to use water-based defense on these guys, right? Like rust over time. Yeah, well, I mean, that definitely seems to be the case. Is, you know, their big peril mostly is that like their bodies are deteriorating as they go. It's actually, it's pretty horrific, like... Well, I guess we're going to get into that in this next part, but oh my god. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so we see um, yeah, Samson leading the thing. He's got, his, he's got his old robot, you know, angry robot head on. Um, he, although he's definitely the worst for wear. He's leading a team comprised of, mad, of the robots Mad Ronin, Hitaki, and Skulmo. Um, they find a hut of unmetamorphosized goths, like sort of in their natural state before they sort of look like fake humans, basically. They look like wiggly starfish. Yeah, I mean, again, all these goths really remind me of like Victorian, um, a Victorian version of the uh, guys from the movie Galaxy Quest. And so, oh, yeah. And so, yeah. the, you know, those Galaxy Quest guys also kind of looked like uh, squid guys in their... Uh, in their fake form, so this is sort of backing that up for me, you know? It's, you know, everything comes back to 2008 day. Oh, you know, as, it, as, as it, you know, this, it's certainly the case. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Hammerstein wants to let him go, but Skullmo is a true believer in the uh, Terminator cause, so instead he guns them all down. Yeah, he seems like a real dick totally a real dick and that's why uh when he's but but despite that uh hammerstein doesn't even join in the other robots in looting skullmo for parts it seems you know you know you could like use a new drivetrain and stuff because it seems like hammerstein just wants to die oh no hammerstein you're so like cool though yeah die. seriously the abc warriors are attacking khartoum uh, named for a city in sudan where a massive british uh, battle took place um, the movie. I did the, not know that. Yeah, if you've seen the movie, the old movie, uh, Four Feathers, it's sort of based there. Mm -hmm. um, Hammerstein's super war weary, but still killing a lot of people, including the motorcycle riding Fifth Lancer Brigade. Oh man, clearly a reference to the uh, Charge of the Dawn Brigade and all those guys. Yes, and then also the, one of the, the most light brigade, I should art. say. 
Yeah. yeah. One of the most beautiful art pages I've seen in a long fucking time that is That's, also yeah. horrific and also sad. Yeah. Um, it's um, in the Nerve Center. We're going to talk about it. Um, there's a certain artist that like Talbot is specifically uh, uh, borrowing from for a lot of the art in this, yes. in these war sections. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, the uh, Lancers are quickly cut down by um, the ABC <laughs> Warriors sort of as you do. Um, Just murdered. Yeah. But after the slaughter, Hammerstein and his pals are brought to the massive Black Cardinal, which is this crazy Pope vehicle robot who's it's, in charge of enforcing the beliefs of awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a real cool uh, priest robot. Hammerstein and his buddies are sentenced to Mechquake for heresy, for their destruction. Meanwhile, oh, he is just ripping a dude apart while he's talking to him. Mechquake doesn't care, man. He's found a real place for himself in the far future. Uh, Hooray. Meanwhile, still on the run, Nemesis is checking out goth robots to disguise himself and Rojaws as the pair catch the Equatorial Express under magical disguise. Yeah. It's like uh, Nemesis needs to stop off and look at some robots in order well, to get an idea of what to make the like Ro- Ro- Rojaws look like. Yeah, which is it's interesting. Funny. It's cool. Yeah, they make he makes Rojaws look like this little skinny uh, butler bot, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. So Nemesis boards the train and they bump into another guy who turns out to be Torquemada himself. Uh, you know, strangers passing in the night, buddy. Oh, my God. It's. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Yes. Yeah, so they just sort of bump into each other and like say, oh, excuse me. But in fact, they're their own worst enemies, but they're both under magical disguise. So it sort of works out. <laughs> so the Equatorial Express chugs along as Torquemada and his allies, Starblower and Ursa Betty, who finally gets a name. Uh, the, Iron, the Ion Duke's daughter uh, scheme. Torquemada needs a new body immediately, but who? How about uh, Mr. Manchu, the Chinese governor? Oh, God. His first name is Fu, obviously. Uh, of course. Meanwhile, Nemesis is disguised as a traveler and orientalist named Mr. Smith, which is a very Doctor Who kind of thing, if you ask me. Like, that was always Doctor Who's um, <laughs> alias. And the idea this of. Just, is an orientalist? Yeah, or just Mr. your. Smith. Uh, Mr. Smith. But just the idea of being sort of like, yes, I'm a traveler who knows a lot of crazy stuff is also feels very Doctor Who to me. Of just like mm, a Doctor yeah. Who, like, um, like if Doctor Who was hiding in Queen Victoria's court, he'd just be sort of this guy that knows a lot of things and is mysterious. <laughs> um, so uh, Nemesis as Mr. Smith is hosting drinks for the great and good in his train compartment. And Mr. Manchu comes down with some food poisoning. Torquemada follows him Ooh. back to his uh, to his car where he kills oh, his kung fu bodyguard and then grossly Dude. takes control of him. It was awesome. The kung fu bodyguard sees him attacking him and just does a flying kick into fucking Torquemada's yeah. face. Torquemada just like just throws the thing in his head. Through. Yeah, it's good. Um, meanwhile, is, the Torquemada gross mass is disgusting. He's just like a big old pile of tentacles and worms and grossiness. Oh, for sure. really disgusting. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hammerstein, Hitaki, and Mad Ronin are about to be fed to Mechquake back in his bulldozer body. Big jobs! And uh, Hammerstein says that uh, Mechquake will be doing him a favor. Oh, man. Well, Hammerstein, don't be so sad. Yeah, although, you know, even at, like, his height, Hammerstein was always very sort of jocular about being sent to Mechquake. Oh, I He's mean... always like... All right, buddy, I guess this is the end. You know, fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but now he's just like, fuck it. I, I don't yeah. know. Don't be no, sad. No, it's true. Yeah, he's super sad. 
Uh, Mechquake begins his evil work, pulling off Hammerstein's arm and preparing to split his legs down the middle. When suddenly the Black Cardinal intervenes, Hammerstein, based on the strength of his previous missions and stuff, has been tapped to lead the assassination of Queen Victoria. Okay, I guess. There we go. Even if he doesn't want to do it, he'll be fitted with a self-destruct bomb and just some general kill craziness circuits. Um, (laughs) Great. Yeah, meanwhile, the Equatorial Express is nearing the Star Tower, a massive space elevator that leads up to the planet's moons. Oh my god, it's not even just a space elevator, it's a giant gun. It's good. Um, Aboard a projectile to the moon, yeah, so in the bullet that they shoot to the moon, basically, that everybody's inside. Um, Nemesis and Torquemada mingle with the VIPs um, as the reprogrammed Kill Crazy Hammerstein makes his assault with the other war robots. Next time. Let's hit those stinking aliens. Yeah. Next time, the brick moon. Is it actually made of bricks and not cheese? I feel like, I tried to look this up and it was tough, but I feel like there's like a palace called like the Albert Palace that is made of brick and it's called like a brick brick castle, I think, but I could be wrong about that. There's some kind of brick something or other in England, in Victorian times, that would be a noticeable reference (laughs) that other people would get, but I am having trouble figuring out what it would be. Huh. I mean, I I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I should ask somebody, but I'm very lazy. It's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. That's why I hope that you know. And if you don't know, I just give up. Episode 123. Progs 395 to 398. December 1984. Thrill 2. Nemesis the Warlock. Uh, Script wrote by Pat Mills. Art wrote by Brian Talbot. Letting wrote by Steve Potter. So the, uh, the royal party arrives at the largest of their satellites, the Albert Moon or the Brick Moon. It's so awesome. There's a giant, like, British statue on top. Definitely, yeah. The, uh, the queen and prince consort cavort in zero gravity as Nemesis and Torquemada, of course, both scheme in magical incognito. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, uh, the, the prime minister is going full Churchill about the goth invasion. I like, love uh, it. The lights are going out all over our solar system, and they may not come back on for many years. Which is kind of what uh, what Churchill said when uh, Europe was being invaded by the Nazis. But um, I love I love the underlit uh, character definitely. that they have in that one panel. It's yeah, like I mean Talbot really Talbot's doing some really great stuff with the art, just in general. Like it's got to mm-hmm. be said. Um, the ABC Warriors, meanwhile, are preparing for their attack. Um, the ball on the brick moon begins. Uh, as a uh, star blower and Ursa make their exit and the robots enter the hall, guns blazing. Oh man, we're shooting everybody. Yeah. Nemesis throws the queen clear and rises to fight the robots. Most are destroyed, but Hammerstein remains on a mad dash for the queen. Ah, he's so awesome and unbreakable. Yeah. What's going to happen? Well, Nemesis is now out of magic and bullets. He's forced to deal with Hammerstein by hand, like wrestling to the ground. He wins, but Hammerstein is still a living bomb, so you got to get back. Meanwhile, Torquemada, um, disguised as the governor of China or whatever, has uh, (laughs) cornered the queen himself and uh, pulls out a gun to shoot her. But as he does, uh, Prince Albert jumps in the way, takes the bullet instead. Yeah, it's tough. Not, not Prince Albert. Not the. I think he was like a. He's like a consort to the yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's the yeah the, the 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 prince consort, just like in uh in in real Victorian England. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, Nemesis defuses the bomb in Hammerstein, and then guns down Torquemada, who sort of escapes ghostily. 
But yeah, Al- Albert is dead and the Queen's real sad. No, not Albie. Indeed. Uh, Hammerstein has been returned to his old self and the remaining droids have all been melted by uh, the heat guns of the uh, of the Goth guards. So Hammerstein's sense be executed and Rojas begs Nemesis for Hammerstein to be spared. But though Hammerstein himself wants to die and it seems like it's out of Nemesis's hands. No. Or is it? <laughs> yeah. Time to, time to do a floating hop. In the way of the gun squad. Don't <laughs> well, for- kill this robot. We could totally use him. Yeah. Well, first, we um, at the start of the third prog, there's also a recap of the original ABC Warriors. Oh, Including, yeah. like, a big, like, group shot of the Magnificent Seven and all their glory by, by Mick McMahon and stuff. Um, but, yeah. Joe so Nem- Pineapple. Yeah. So, uh, Nemesis jumps in to interrupt uh, Hammerstein's execution because they can use him. And four days later, the Blitz Spear is flying over the dark satanic mills of Lowry in the Gothic Empire. Hey, why where, not? Let's shoot a bunch of people while we land. Yeah, it's as they're being conquered by the Terminators. The Goths need military assistant, assistance, skills that Hammerstein can provide. But hey, you know, he says he's just one robot. What can he do? And Nemesis oh, reminds man. him that on Mars, they could tame the whole planet with just seven robots. Could he do that again? The answer is oh yes, God. but... And he totally knows where some of them are, it feels like. Yeah, well, it's because, you know, he says that, yeah, the mess was left on Mars, so he's probably out. And apparently Happy Shrapnel died soon after um, the Not events happy. of the original ABC Warriors. But apparently Nemesis knows where the rest of them are. He knows lots of stuff. Um, oh, my and, God. And so Rojas weird. would be a great replacement for the mess, because he's also pretty messy. Um <laughs> You nerd. Yeah. Meanwhile, a rapidly deteriorating Torquemada is brought along with the Hellfire Club to the mortuary on the Rue Morgue where Professor Frankenstein and his sexy lady hunchback assistant have a plan to help him. My God. Um, I was not prepared for the twist to this. Yeah. I am so happy about all of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, of course, the Rue Morgue's big pot. Like, I think it was like a... Uh, what was it like? Like an Edgar Allan Poe story? I want to say mm-hmm. some kind of gothic story, and you know, then Frankenstein, of course. Um, yeah. So basically, there the uh, this uh, Professor Frankenstein is helping Torquemada by getting him a whole a new body made out of cadavers, because it's not a it's a made up of a bunch of different bodies. It won't like reject Torquemada, which has been hey, happening not? a whole bunch, and he can assemble a new body from the best bits of a bunch of dead guys. Good times. We need um, one with a good, good, uh, menacing brain and face. Yeah, well, they want, you know, they end up using a very B- B- Boris Karloff looking uh, head yes. just to go full Frankenstein with it, you know. Um, so his body enters, they jam it full of electricity, and uh, it works, man. Torquemada opens the eyes of his new body, but that's all he can do. The <gasps> young goths are not giving him the full amount of juice because they want to hold him hostage. Uh, they'll sort of keep him like alive, but in a wheelchair, unable to move, and they'll be able to rule both the Gothic Empire and Termite with him as a puppet. They see it as their birthright. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, really awesome that they try to do a double cross on the super evil bro. Totally, yeah. As this is happening, Torquemada flashes back to why he's begun this oh, whole process. Because he basically needs a new body because his wife, Candida, wanted a divorce because he, you know, he's just this big, gross worm cloud of a murder monster. She doesn't want to be married to that. (laughs) Which is really fucking fair. Yeah, totally. If I, you know, if, listen, out there, if you're a gross, weird, 
murder worm murder monster ghost um like you know you're making everybody uncomfortable and you know it yeah you know, you're aware of your situation you shouldn't expect your uh, your loved ones just to just roll with the fact that you're oh worm cloud murder monster you got to you know you got to help yourself anyhow you know, being surprised by that. That's all. This is weird, Torquemada. Come on, man. And yeah, enough of our worm cloud shaming. Um, <laughs> once the, it, it looks like Torquemada, in fact, figured this would happen. I've just been toying with the goths. Okay. A, uh, a nearby Terminator ship flies by and shoots an energy ray at the Rue Morgue, which gives him the energy he needs to take full control of his body. And he just immediately kills them with magical energy because he's super powerful. Yeah, right, buddy. That's like the kid in at school who's like uh, inventing powers on the fly. When yeah, no, he did a things. he did a total uh, nah, because I'm Torquemada. Um, so he puts <laughs> he puts on his helmet and walks off to his flagship to uh, begin destroying the Goths. Hey, why not? Yeah, next time on Nemesis, Mongrel. Oh, oh, ooh! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Yeah, every one of the ABC Warriors, Warriors, right? Yeah, I love Mongrel. I'm sad that the mess uh, and uh, Happy Shrapnel. Yeah, Yeah, those guys are both gone. You know, Happy Shrapnel was sort of rubbed as because he was kind of a frontier uh, caricature, you know. But anyhow, rounded out the group. Yeah, you always need a frontiersman in your. But I feel like he's also the one that 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 I'm most happy with dropping to get new characters in. That's what I'm trying to say. Him Uh, and the mess were both were. I mean, well, because the mess got a whole new body. He's like in a yeah. He took over. He's he's half a George on uh, the on the surface of Mars. (laughs) That's true. He made up the nervous system of George. Right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Is Deadlock coming back? Say yes. Say yes. Deadlock is coming back. I can't answer these questions. Episode one hundred and twenty-five. Progs 399 to 402. January 1985. Thrill 2, Nemesis the Warlock. The twist. The twist. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so, script robot by Pat Mills, art rep Ryan Talbot, and Mick McMahon guest starring, uh, and letting robot uh, Steve Potter. Sorry, I, I should say Mick McMahon and Kev O'Neill. Just a lot of old timers here. Laura! Yeah. Laura! <laughs> yeah, we start with a rerun of uh, the origin of ABC Warrior Mongrel from uh, Prague 121, a.k.a. episode 36, with art mm-hmm. from, from Mick McMahon. Then we shift to the present day, to the planet Mecca, the free robots world. There, Which ain't really all that free, it seems like. It's, well, yeah, it seems like it's free because the robots are kind of able to own themselves. But other than that, they do kind of live a life of sad poverty. Um we see Mon- um, Mongrel is there fighting on in a death circus known only as the Gawk. Um, Which really, come on. Apparently yeah. it likes doing that, I guess. Yeah, it seems like it's basically robot pro wrestling because he's fighting this kind of droid called like Spartacus. And he's very much there to lose to Spartacus, you know, until at least Nemesis cuts in and tries to recruit him. But it's no good, especially when Nemesis tries to bait him with the memory of Lara. And that makes Mongol go kill crazy. A lot of kill Which crazy he, in Nemesis this month, by the way. I'm pretty okay with that. Like, he, the way he convinces him is he just knows all of this old knowledge about him. Yeah. And that uh, that kill crazy kind of makes all of them okay to escape. 
Definitely, yeah. Eventually, Mongrel does agree to sign off, and they're off, and they're off after Black Blood. And it looks like Black Blood's gotten some plastic surgery and is living as a mob boss here in Mecca, married to exotic dancer Ruby Yum Yum Gluck, <laughs> making uh, some kind of commentary about video games being completely addictive, mm. which was. Kind of weird. Yeah, get out of here, buddy. Um, he's unwilling to join until Nemesis does something scary to convince him, we, 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 which we don't see. Um, Blackblood puts on his hat and joins up, and Ruby takes over as crime boss. And then we end here with more <laughs> Mick McMahon doing the rundown of the war crimes of General Blackblood with the straw dogs and all that stuff. Turns out he's not a good guy. Or wasn't, isn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next part. Oh, then. Then there's and more then. awesome... ABC Fact Files, including the shooting abilities of Joe Pineapples. The on, best one. Yeah. On Mecca, Joe has become an undercover cop on the hunt for a human serial awesome. killer posing as a robot. He's in a, hu- a huge poker game against a bunch of robot crooks. He's about to get his man when his girlfriend, Aphrodite Von Boo, blows his cover. Oh, it's gunfight time! I, I love, like, the cuts where it's like, is this the robot that looks like a person? Is it this robot that looks like a person? Is it this robot that looks kind of like a person with four eyes? Or is mm-hmm. it the robot that looks overly robotic? <laughs> mm. I think it's the overly robot one, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's the one that flies away and doesn't have legs. That's right. Yeah, the robot flies off on his head helicopter. As Aphrodite pleads with him not to, Joe assembles his Magnum 3000 sniper rifle and takes oh. aim. Like, he N- says... N- I mean, he doesn't say that, but no. it is definitely a null and void situation. He doesn't need a social programmer, lady. He needs an undertaker. <laughs> that Nemesis- dude straight up dies. Yeah, shoots that guy through the brain. Nemesis arrives and offers <laughs> Joe a chance to kill more meatheads, and he happily I mean, agrees. Yeah. yeah, he's just... I it, Like, despite, like, the, the like... Uh, Fembot being like, no, don't do it. We can not do that. And he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna. He knows his. Uh, he knows what he. Do- he knows what he does best, and it's shoot people in the head. So he gives Aphrodite his badge from his undercover cop thing. He's going back to killing full time. Um, hey, sure, why not? Yeah, the warriors are mostly reassembled. Black Blood and Hammerstein arguing as normal when Nemesis appears, and the crew's like, hey, but what about Deadlock? Right? Yeah, oh, Deadlock's in the thing. My. Oh my god. And oh that's god. that's when Nemesis drops the bomb, which is that I am Deadlock. How is that even possible? He was born on his hell planet. Yeah, he's not a robot. <laughs> but it seems like after Mars, Deadlock studied the dark arts in earnest. He sort of you know, the uh the uh, Knights Marshal became like Lotus Eaters that, you know, weren't about all this dark magic anymore and stuff like that. Yeah. So eventually the two of them met and and they became one in some sort of dark mystic ritual for I am Nemesis, I am Chaos, I am Deadlock, I am the Warlock, the shaper of things to come, the Lord of the Flies, holder of the sword sinister, the Deathbringer, I am all these things and more. The ABC Warriors are back. Spread the word. It really feels like something exactly Deadlock would say. It's very, very on, very on point. Uh, absolutely. And then we end with uh, a. I've been ABC Warriors aficionado because I've read the historical documents behind the ABC Warriors, and I could tell you that that's pretty Deadlock. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> we end this, speaking of historical files, I suppose, with a Kev O'Neill-based uh, fact file of Deadlock on his hover bike and the Knights Marshal and stuff. It's very nice. I, I love just these. It's it. Yeah, it's all these parts that are cut out from just sort of the previous issues and rerun here sort of with the original art and stuff. It's good throwback it's good. these yeah, these old days, you good. know? It's good for the kids who don't, who can't get like 114 back issues, like someone claims in like the first prog or something. Yeah, show. man. Holy crap, this, all these back issues. I can't stress that all of these things are uh, two are like 280 um, progs before from where we are right now. Yeah, freak, even freak if, out. <laughs> got a hundred progs of uh, uh, yeah back issue. You wouldn't even hit the ABC Warriors. No way. Uh, so the war in space is going poorly for the Goths. The termite fleet easily destroys all their space bases. As, Which is real fucked. Yeah, and the invasion of the homeworld itself begins. Uh, at the vanguard is Mechquake being dropped in by Parachute. Oh, man, this whole situation. Big Just, jobs. I So, yeah. hold up. So it's like, sir, I'm picking up a signal from the invaders. What the hell is it? Yeah. It's two words over 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 again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It sounds like big jobs. And you just see jobs. And you just see Mechwake falling from the sky with like four parachutes attached to him, (laughs) screaming big jobs as he begins to waylay to to uh, to space London. As uh, as a as a giant uh, brick uh, moon smashes into their Yeah, the uh, the the Terminators ki- uh, sing their their murder song, which I forgot to write down this time, but it's pretty st- is the same as last time, pretty much. Um, much for the deviant, the claw, the tentacle, and the claw. Yeah, the scaly skin, the bug guys, the, the cloven hoof and paw. Exactly. <laughs> Something so, evil. Yeah. So on the planet, the ABC Warriors fight a desperate battle against the Terminators, but it's kind of a lost cause. They're waiting for Cabal reinforcements. The Cabal, the big union of aliens that um, Nemesis against the Termites that Nemesis is the leader of. This feels um, like weirdly rushed, right? We sort of jump in. Like, there's definitely like. You we just spent, got the ABC Warriors together, you know what I mean? It's an interesting thing that we do see, like, man, I thought there was going to be, I thought we were going to have one prog, one prog per member of the ABC Warriors we were pulling in. Instead, yeah. we got two per, you know? Yeah. And we don't see them do any word spreading before we just jumped them fighting a losing battle on, um, on the Gothic homeworld, you know? But what, exactly. what, what can be done? You know, there's a lot going on with these stories. Um, of course. Like, like that doesn't, I, I'm not just, that's not to say that it's bad. I just, I was just hoping for more before, you know, 402. I mean, I'll say that, listen, man, we're going to have more Nemesis the Warlock this year, more Nemesis with the ABC Warriors. It's all coming on. Um, all right. Spread the word. Yeah. So um, Purity Brown comes to uh, join them. You know, Purity's been nem- Nemesis is like a human henchman for a long time. Boo. Like on and off boo. Yeah. Semi-boo. Definitely Boo before we learned that he had a wife and stuff like that, I think. Yeah, that was like, I mean, he landed in her apartment and she was getting sexy on top of his fucking... That's right. You know, thing. Yeah. And it was like... Spent some time in the car. But so, yeah, so basically, she's supposed to... She's hopefully showing up with news of reinforcement. So all she's got is bad news. Um, <laughs> the Cabal <laughs> sees the Goths as imperious pseudo-humans, dude. They aren't worth the risk of helping them. Like, Which, you know... Which really... Come on, Cabal. 
like everybody's an ally. No, no, man. No, man. Come on, goths. Like maybe you should don't spend your time aping these humans all these times because they won't eventually turn on you. Like maybe you don't spend all your time trying dressing up like a scorpion. You'll be less surprised when the scorpion finally stings you, bro. Uh, I guess. (laughs) I'm just saying that I feel for these guys. I like their empire. I think they got yeah. fucked. And yeah, you, know you, you like it. You, you, know, you like it because they're just aliens aping ancient human ways, buddy. You got to look <sighs> through, get through your colonialist viewpoint, dude. Um, I just like their gun that shoots messages to each other. All right, yeah. that's all. Imperialist. Um, Purity oh, also wow. has more bad news, which is that Shira and Toth are dead, killed by Terminators. <laughs> And, you know, you say that to a guy, and then I guess he just goes, like, maybe crazy enough to just go on a suicide mission. Yeah, super kill crazy, buddy. Uh, Nemesis starts lashing out. He's killing tons of dudes. He'll turn Earth into a charnel house and just genocide humans once and for all. It's an interesting thing because some of the warriors are super down with this, like Black Blood and Joe Pineapples. Others are less stoked, like uh, Hammerstein, Rojaws, and Purity Brown herself, uh, being a human, not stoked to be gen- uh, genocided. Um, yeah. <laughs> we do briefly here check in with Thoth, who is currently hiding on Earth as a fake baby. Nemesis oh, he's heads. Planning revenge. <laughs> he's got a plan, absolutely. Nemesis heads the Blitzspear and leads a solo mission to Torquemada's ship, the Conquistador. He's quickly captured and brought to Torquemada's throne room, where he challenges Torquemada to single combat. Unfortunately, Torquemada is not a dummy, and so he refuses. Uh, plus, <laughs> he's in super body. He ain't going to risk that. Yeah. Nemesis is tortured in various ways, seems to give in very easily. Nemo, uh, he's forced to run a gauntlet of Terminators, and at the end of it, Torquemada raises his mighty blade and beheads him, holding up the head of the warlock. Nemesis is no more. Torquemada has won. Next prog. Question mark, question mark, question mark? I mean, I'm going to just call it now. That probably definitely wasn't. Nemesis, when you have something called Nemesis the Warlock, he's probably not just going to die. Oh, you think he might have used Trixie Magic, Fox? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say he used Trixie Magic, but I mean, it's in the name, so he probably used Trixie Magic. Yeah, I'm saying it. For sure. Fun um, I'm, on, I'm on the side of Conrad. Yeah. Man, I love these. I love this story. I love Nemesis. This is good stuff. I love the ABC Warriors reuniting. All these battle <sighs> scenes are real cool. The space ones, the on the land ones. You know, even if they don't really show Mechquake like plowing through cities, I love just the implication of that. So good. So good. And then I the have- set. Oh, please. Oh, I was going to say. And then, and then the sad Nemesis at the end is really the cherry on top. Oh yeah, no. I so I have nothing bad to say about Nemesis, other than what like anyone could say, which is I really miss Kev O'Neill's like Illuminary pages. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah, like that's the only honest thing that I miss. But what I will say is that every artist that's taken up Nemesis in one way or another really captures a lot of that intensity. Yeah. Right. And even even when you're looking at things like uh, close-ups of people holding a weird dragon baby or <laughs> giant spaceships that look like guts flying yeah. through space, right? Like everything is is like there are specific things that are very detailed, and there's specific things that aren't. Mm-hmm. And the things that aren't aren't what's supposed to draw your eye. Mm. And that's that's I think very interesting. Like 
a close-up of Nemesis that's just like the, a profile of his face or something is less important on the page than the overly detailed super spaceship in 4 yeah. I mean, it's definitely just like, you know, they're trying to make sure that everything is as intricate and beautiful as it can be. And I feel like it really does a strong job of that, you know. And, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, It's like, inspiration from the original, man. Like, yeah. I'm getting inspired. Yeah, I mean, if O'Neill sort of set the pace, I feel like both Talbot here and Redondo in book two did a lot to sort of carry it on and sort of establish a standard for it and stuff, for sure. And it, and it feels right, given the ABC Warrior roots that we're going through, you know what I mean? Definitely. Episode 126. Progs 403 to 406, February 1985. Thrill to Nemesis the Warlock. Oh my god, it's just, it's it's so gooey. This whole thing is so oogie. I love it's it. It's true. Yeah, the whole thing is just like a big bowl of like, of like sludge. It's crazy. <laughs> I love this. I love Nemesis so much. Yeah, man. Skipped robot Pat Mills, art rep, robot Brian Talbot, letting robot Steve Potter. So, uh, Torquemada, last time he cut Nemesis' head off, and now he stands over the body of the warlock, triumphant! He's been destroyed! Uh, destroyed! Torquemada. Mercy! Victorious! Yeah, he, he gloats for a moment, um, when suddenly Nemesis reveals that this has all been a ruse, and he just killed an ectoplasmic duplicate! <laughs> oh my god, I, why does no one suspect a sorcerer in to happen, you know? It's true, yeah, like the uh, the uh, nerd Terminator's like, oh, that might be why his psychic levels were so low. Like, why didn't you mention it, buddy? Like, come on. I mean, he did say the source, the uh, the psychic levels were low, but he didn't say, like, oh, this could mean that this is a trap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's wearing a silly hat. Uh, I'm just gonna say, I, it seems like he's just kind of like the off-brand information guy. Yeah, totally. So uh, now, so uh, now, Nemesis is here with Purity Brown, the ABC Warriors, and it's death time. The bots go into battle with a uh, racial slur from Rojas. Good times. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. And there's like this is not the end of it either. Nah, uh, but so uh, I'm looking at you, Hell Trekkers. Mm, oh, Hitaki goes to attack, um, and he fights like an ancient samurai. We get like some uh, flashbacks to him thinking that he's in like ancient Japan and stuff like that. I swear Which to God, friend? this yeah, this other bot, Mad Ron, was named Mad Ronin earlier. I swear to God, it was. Yes, Otherwise, no, it was definitely Ronin. If not, I got conf- or like I feel like somebody at one point got confused about who's who the uh, who the samurai bot here is and isn't. But anyhow. <laughs> so, Hey, it's Mad Ron. What? Yeah, but so Ron goes to mess with the flagship security systems, which allow Black Blood to take control of the ship and open fire on the rest of the termite fleet. Which is awesome. Yeah, Mongrel seals the area off and the gravity goes down, which allows the warriors to kill all the humans pretty easily because they got <sighs> magnetized feet and the humans don't, buddy. Man, they... <laughs> They had the high ground, then they took control of the ship and sent a samurai after all of them. Then yeah, they I, blew up all the ships, and then the gorilla man... It's just everything is happening. Apparently the ABC warriors just cannot be stopped. Nah, they're... Listen, like, you know, that's why we don't want these war bots, buddy. It'll take us out right away. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, I mean, they... they I, this is no. what I think. They, okay. <laughs> no, man, the war bots are going to talk to the robots that make like hamburgers at McDonald's and suddenly be justified in killing us all. Like, it's not a good oh. idea. <laughs> all right. I do like my 
my McDonald's robot hamburgers. Yeah, but you don't like to treat them well. Uh, Torquemada goes to escape and Nemesis hefts his sword to go after him. So we see awesome. it's totally awesome. We see uh, Torquemada putting on his battle armor and reflecting uh. on the origins of his name. Torque, which means torture, and Kamada, which means the burning. Man, I, I went Google Translate did not find these uh, just these <laughs> translations. Hey, I mean, you know, literary yeah. whatever. But look, it's awesome. He's in battle armor and sh- like shit that Nemesis yeah. is doing just ain't going to work. Totally. Yeah, no. And listen, as somebody whose last name means uh, suffering in German, I can definitely empathize with Torquemada's oh fate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's showdown time. Like you said, his armor is fireproof, ray-proof, and psychic-proof. So they'll have to settle this hand-to-hand. And Torquemada's got an, a, uh, uh, some help with that because his armor's got jetpacks on it so he can, like, oh. do jetpack tackles and stuff like that. It's real cool. <laughs> so awesome yeah real great stuff here um it actually reminds me of uh of o'neill's nemesis fights too where they are these like yeah. you know a lot of small panels and like uh um mm-hmm. w- without like word balloons sort of jumping yes. from like images of action to another this one's a little different than the ones we've seen in previous nemesis books because um it's really close in which makes it feel very like gritty and like yeah, actually um, and, like, close and stuff yeah, yeah yeah so that um dude did you see the hoof kick to the face yeah i was i was gonna say that it just feels like wait like it feels really brutal and like just like a slug fest as these two guys who maybe you know already had a fight or wearing heavy armor or something like that just sort of pound into each other really heavily and stuff in a way that's different than like in like nemesis book one where they had like the swords and like 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 fencing all over the place and stuff it's a different feel to the fight you know still big visceral yeah big fight feel though for sure uh torquemada Mm. breaks his sword on nemesis's hide and runs to another room as nemesis follows but as he does the inquisitor slams a door on the warlock pinning him in place oh my god die warlock yeah, so in a last ditch effort, Nemesis spits acid slime on Torquemada's face, so which is awesome. Great. And then they go fighting, and Nemesis actually uh, uses his telekinetic powers to tackle Torquemada. They go through the bulkhead and into space outside the ship. And which apparently, is real his power cool. armor doubles as space armor. I mean, you know, you want to plan ahead for that stuff. I feel like it makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Um, you know, Torquemada is, however, starting to get worried. He knows that if he dies in this body, he'll die for real because it's the uh, it's the goth um, fr- Frankenstein body he got earlier in the story. Yeah. Um, when you die in the space, you die for real. Not me, man. I just wake back up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, the termite fleet is being nearly destroyed by, by Black Blood, and Nemesis manages to goad Torquemada into a laser cannon, which blasts off his lower torso, which, I mean, oh. listen... If I had to lose one torso, it'd be my lower torso. But honestly, I want to hold on to as much of my torso as possible. <laughs> strong agree. I mean, the lips are gone. Yeah, you want that? To- you're gonna want that. You're gonna want that lower torso, buddy. <laughs> well, so like the lower torso, even if even if most of the legs are off, you could replace it with cool tank treads or like. Oh. Uh, mechanical feet. Now you're speaking you know? my language. Yeah. So, um, so he hurls his, so, ne- so Torquemada hurls his sword at Nemesis, drawing blood and sort of like, uh, pinning him down or something. Torquemada uses his armor jets to go to a termite escape pod. Um, but as he does, he, we see that his body is regrowing. The, uh, 
the goth flesh of his body. You know, the goths are these chameleon guys that can sort of change shape to look more human mm. usually. But in this case, it's just regrown to be all gross. And he's just his lower half is just a horror of worms and terribleness. His left it's arm is full tentacle. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm painting a lot of Death Guard right now and he'd be right at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, especially the tentacle arm, you know? Totally, yeah. Ten- well, yeah, just a big mass of, like, bloated flesh and stuff. It's real bad. Mm. He tries to explain, you know, needed to make a pact with the aliens to preserve his place in the Empire. But these Terminators know that he is the antibody. The alien they've been warned to be pure, be vigilant, and behave against. They start to attack him. him. It's awesome. Yeah, Purity Brown drags Nemesis to safety, and the humans fall upon Torquemada, his once proud body, now little more than a giant termite itself as his troops try to kill him. That's really gross. It's just this tiny upper body with a a flailing tentacle, and what can only be described as the most massive, globby fucking like there's like a hundred not a hundred but it's like 20 dudes like totally cutting into different parts of his yeah. lower half it just yeah and it just looks like they're a bunch of kids like on a huge moon bounce basically <laughs> yeah just, pretty much each individual guy is sort of jumping around on this massive flesh yeah, it's basically kind of a, a big maggot centaur kind of um but oh. anyhow <laughs> <laughs> i never oh my god maggot centaur. Oh, that's right gross. that's right yeah he yeah is, that's so correct <laughs> Yeah, half man, two thirds, two thirds maggot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's wrap up. It's wrap up montage. Montage time, Fox. Uh, Torquemada. Oh, so yeah, he realizes the error of his ways and asks for a sword. He takes his own life, assured that like you know they'll spin his death and he'll be remembered as a legend for all time and inspire even more alien hate than he could alive. The, That's what we're talking about. Yeah, the Terminators retreat, including Mechquake, who like uh, bulldozes people out of their way to make room and stuff, which is pretty good. Dude, I, I also like how like just everybody once he kills himself, like everyone agrees pretty much that like yeah, he's yeah. got to do this, and we've got to keep the secret. Yeah, right. So. A, yeah, right away, everybody you know uh, buys into the big lie. You know, like all right, nobody tell anybody we're gonna have a big state funeral. He died a hero for sure. Mm. I mean, standard uh, he died a hero uh, protocols here, Fox. I don't want to blow your <laughs> blow your mind a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, but uh, at a uh, it, it looks like Lord's Cricket Grounds have survived the destructions. Although Great. it looks like everything else is in ashes as well. Yes, that's a tr- that's a cricket joke. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the ion duke agrees that progress is necessary to preserve the empire he commiserates over his lost daughter with nemesis who of course has recently lost his uh wife and son or so he thinks or so, yeah yeah because meanwhile on earth gross baggy alien warlock thoth nemesis's dead uh presumed dead son um, has developed massive psychic powers and is using them to torment his adopted human parents it's pretty oh, awesome God. Like just throws, throws him his, out a window and like hangs him over the endless tunnels of termite and stuff, and then pulls him back in. It's cool, um, but he's, also weirdly blames uh, his surrogate parents, of course, for killing his mother. But yeah, he hates everybody, man. Include yeah, he's going to get revenge on them all, and most especially Nemesis. He blames his dad. That's nuts. I mean, if he'd been there, you know, um, Magna. Yes. Per- yeah. M- meanwhile, uh, Magna, like the rival for Nemesis's hand, prepares to ease Nemesis's loss. 
as Torquemada's widow Candida ponders a a future where her husband is dead at a massive state funeral. She like, you know, has to steel herself to not be happy about his death because of course he's come back from the death twice already. So, you know, probably better not to make too big a deal about it in case he hears about what happened in his funeral, you know? Um, right, exactly. But I think like what I love about this whole setup is like there's a potential bid for power. There's a lot of things being set up for the next. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a very sort of Godfather, like end of the movie montage where it's like, mm. yeah, like, all right, like here's your, or like a, like a, that, like a episode 10 of a season of Game of Thrones, right? Where it's like, you know, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta tie up loose ends and unravel some new ones so you have something to think about going into the off season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, finally, Nemesis, um, finally, like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's meeting back up with Nemesis, the ABC Warriors and Purity. He's softened his views on complete human extermination. Now it's only Terminators. Yeah, you know, I mean, whatever, he's in the heat of the moment. Um, Nemesis, Purity, and Rojas board the Blitzspear, and they tell the ABC Warriors that he'll call on them soon. Until then, though, there's only one thing to do, Fox. Ah, spread the word. Spread the word. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Boy. Yeah. The I end of Nemesis Book Warriors. Four. <laughs> That's what a what a send off, man. I love that the ABC Warriors are back. Will they be back with Nemesis? Oh yeah. Um, oh man. They're the, 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 they're with us for Nemesis for the next couple, I believe. Um, Ride definitely or die. Damn. Definitely for the next one. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty stoked about it. Um. This is really a great time for Nemesis. I think Brian Talbot's done a fantastic job of sort of picking yeah. up where, where, where Kev O'Neill came back and bringing his own style to it. Um, yeah, I'm really, in, I'm really interested to see, see what the next, you know, what the next story is and all that stuff. It's gonna be real good. Nemesis will return with a teaser story by Kev O'Neill in Prague 430, and then mm. he'll be back for real in Prague 435. So not too long, you know, like 30 issues from now. Not not too long. Um, yeah, that's not so bad. This should, yeah, should be good. All right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, super, super glad. Super love this story. It was real great. Um, I know, right? I, yeah. And I, I do agree with you. It's, I like, it is It is a very beautiful visual thing. I like that people kind of picked up uh, a lot of the original art and are trying to still stay as kind of true to that as possible while yeah. spending it on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Episode 87. 2000 AD Annual 1983, August 1982. Thrill 3, Nemesis the Warlock. Absolutely correct, and I read every single box because every single box also came with an amazing picture by, guess who, Kevin O'Neill. That's right, yeah. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letter robot Steve Potter. It's the secret life of the Blitzspear. Nemesis the Warlock is back! Oh my god, they all evolved from the same trilobite. You should really, everybody should really check out like our Facebook or our Twitter feeds for this issue. Yes. Because I'm going to try to put this whole thing in there. And oh man, it's just real amazing. Um, the art's it's real good. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really Kev O'Neill at his best, like H.R. Geiger slash Hieronymus Bosch, B- Bosch best. <laughs> um, and Thanks, it's, that's actually a really apt oh yeah no i'm i'm smart um you know <laughs> yeah no they're and they're they're telling the backstory of the blitzspear uh nemesis's ship so apparently the blitzspears are all animals descended from the same ancestor as like the warlocks they lay their living rocket ships that hang out in lava flows they lay their eggs on floating rocks and they eat microscopic scary looking lava flies with their whale like ba- baleen that then lead to terrifying rotor engines 
it's like they're awesome whales. Oh, uh, so cool! To their brain, yeah. Control them with they're, magic. Yeah, they're like whales with jet exhausts on the on the backs of them, and yeah, uh, it's the best. Nemesis and is, then you also get to meet Nemesis's dad. Nemesis is dead. Bro is gigantic. He's got awesome giant moose horns and a staff yeah. covered in eyes. <laughs> he is. Definitely 100% antlers and also 100% warlock. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells Nemesis to capture Seth, who's a particularly dope young Blitzspear. Nemesis does so, riding the beast through a maze of floating asteroids, dodging its it's a deadly poison exhaust and finally entering its cockpit like brainstem where the two bond physically. And they definitely totally get along, not that someone is psychically forcing it to get along. I feel like Nemesis doesn't make any, doesn't like, you know, tell any, or, or make any excuses for the fact that he's, that, that he's psychically dominated uh, Seth until he could bring it in and, and corral it, you know? I guess what I'm saying is that I wouldn't mind being psychically dominated. <laughs> I'm just saying that 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 Seth coming along willingly, that's the kind of lie a human would tell Fox. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, next uh, level Conrad. Totally. But I feel like this um scene actually it really reminded me of that one part in uh, Avatar, the James Cameron oh, movie. Every where, part? Well, yeah, every part. But all but especially that there's that one part where uh the blue dude has to like tame that one big dragon monster and does it by Are sort you of saying jumping that on its back. Avatar stole from Nemesis the Warlock? I mean, I'm saying it it it, it borrowed from something, but I'm just saying that like if you want to see like a <laughs> a motion based version of this, that's cool. You know. In, in isolation, I feel like that part yeah. was pretty cool in in, in Avatar. I don't want to get into it. What I really it. liked out of this was that it was a left to right comic as mm-hmm. opposed to an up to down. Mm. Like uh, what I really like is use of space when it comes to art. Yeah, there's uh, two, especially subversion of expectations. Totally. Yeah, there's like um, I think this is like a it's like a five page or, or like a six pager, but two of the exactly. pages are two big like full page. Um, like images that are really neat. Yeah. So after, after Nemesis catches Seth, they take it back to like the, uh, it's like the, I don't know, the steelworks or something where basically they, um, clad it in living metal and replace its blood with, with a fire and stuff. And has a cool canopy <laughs> attached to the top. Magic metal. There's a lot of there's a lot of magic going on here, mixed in with the technology. But it's basically just turning this, um, you know, jet powered uh, uh, rocket whale into a spaceship. And oh, it's so cool! <laughs> there is there is nothing wrong with turning a space field rocket whale into a definitely double space field rocket whale with super magic uh, metal. Look, there's nothing wrong with doing that. That's not that's not um, overweighed by what's right about doing that. <laughs> that's what I'll all, say. All I'm saying is, you get of it this super cool coat of of metal, and mm-hmm. then sometimes it sheds it, and then oh, by the way, hashtag. Uh, everybody steals this metal. Uh, yeah, it's like a key, shedding because yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's a key. Um, like like the shedded husks of old of a Blitz Spears is a key um, ingredient in a Terminator armor. So even the enemy uses the skin of these ships, which I think is pretty cool too. I agree. 
But yeah, straight so, up, I love Nemesis. It's real good, man. I can't wait until 83 when we finally get back in full swing with Nemesis. I want a blip sphere. Is that so bad? I mean, no, it's not bad, but I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you're going to get it, buddy. Sorry to tell you. Listen, I'm all about magma and whatever. Also, next. <laughs> well, yeah. So the Blitzbeer is born. The beginning. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, yes. And with that, we've completed the first volume of Nemesis. And what an amazing tale it was. Book two will feature more excellent artwork by O'Neill and Talbot, as well as the arrival of John Hinkleton on the scene and several photo strips. His interest will collect those eventually, but for now, our investigation into Nemesis the Warlock is complete. Top Nemesis moments. The opening sections of the world of Nemesis, starting with the duel between Chira and Magna, leading to the hatching of Thoth and the giant warlock party that that entails, the just amazing art by Kev O'Neill, drawing dozens of different warlocks, each with different looks and attributes. He's able to instantly give them all personalities and drives, and I just want to hang out with all of them. Similarly, the opening of the Gothic Empire, both O'Neill's awesome steampunk world of of ornithopters and locomotive shoes, or Brian Talbot's gothic masterpiece of a bandaged Torquemada the Ripper wandering the streets of London. It's all so good and so atmospheric, and to be honest, Nemesis in a tuxedo is an extremely strong look for that character, especially when he's hanging out with my buddy Rojaws, which brings me to the third one. I love the reintroduction of the Roadbusters and ABC Warriors into the comic, whether it's Mechquake as a siege droid in book three, or most of the original team reformed in book four. It's great to see the bots back. As a comic book fan, I inherently love crossovers, and I appreciate uh, Mill's efforts to render the big stories of 2000 AD into one big continuity. It's really before its time doing all this. Bringing Back the Warriors was a great move and allowed us to eventually get to the Simon Bisley ABC Warriors we're now seeing in the progs. Nemesis, and especially this era of Nemesis, are some of my favorite 2080 thrills ever. In this section, the comic was able to effortlessly jump from one artist to another, advance the characters of Nemesis and Torquemada, and add the characters of Thoth and the ABC Warriors, as well as a bit of Torquemada's wife, Candida. We'll see more of them as the comics wear on, and I highly recommend you check out Nemesis. It's one of the greatest thrills ever! So what did you think of Nemesis the Warlock Volume 1 Part 2? Do you agree that it's a high point of comic art and storytelling, or just more self-indulgent comics crossovers and heavy inks? Let, let me know what you think by email at spacefinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacefinner2k. For everything else, look with spacefinner2000 and we should be there. You can find spacefinner2000 itself on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or our podcast site at spacefinner2000.com. And for everyone out there, thanks for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for Nemesis the Warlock! Splendid Earth Rig! <laughs>